0: Alright, so the topic piece, I again told you is I never have an idea of the topic that I'm gonna do in here. There's only been a couple times that he gave it, God gave it to me ahead of time. So um this morning, this was the message I got was about peace, and you guys all have your outline so you kind of have an idea of we where we are going with it. Um but I feel like I needed this in my own life today as well. So I feel like there was more purpose than just one on why I was studying this topic. So I'm going to talk about three different things a piece. When I looked at this subject, I looked at it very Specifically how I think of this subject and how I have to see it and there's more than just one way to look at the subject of peace I feel like when we look at the subject of peace We think of the fruit of the Holy Spirit and that's kind of it But to me I need to have an understanding of something that God is saying is ours I need to understand how I get it um, and why this is such a big topic for me is because I absolutely Understand what it means to live with no peace in your life and what it is to have complete turmoil and to have never experienced peace ever Um, And I know that my entire, I I stopped sleeping for the first example of where, where I had a lack of peace was I became an insomniac at 13 years old and was put on sleeping pills and all those medications and I never had experienced peace as a child as a teenager, and so that's why I took a lot of pills, why I took a lot of drugs, because you know what Xanax is, or know of those things, that was something that gave me a peace. That was something in the moment that took away whatever feelings and turmoil I had, and I didn't understand what people could even say by talking about God giving you peace. Like, how could that be? I, even when I gave my life to God, I still did not experience peace. So to me, when I look at the subject, I need to understand how I can experience peace how can I bring that into my life? How did I get to experience it and what was that for me? Because peace came from, not only from deliverance and transformation, but it also came from my own actions and me making choices. So I'm breaking down peace in three different ways. I'm breaking it down, number one, I wanna talk about how we trigger peace. So what are things in our lives that we can do to activate peace and then I wanna look at scripture that talks about pursuing peace which is going to be separate from activating it so how you actually go after peace and then the third one is being led by peace so understanding the difference between being led by confusion and being led by peace which is the spirit's leading so the first scripture I want to talk about is John fourteen twenty seven. this is Jesus um, speaking And this is before he goes to the cross and he's talking. He says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Now, if you fully understand what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about the peace that is reconciliation between us and the Father when he dies on the cross. Um, Under the law, they never had that type of peace where they were fully, completely forgiven of sins. So that is... To me, that's the root to all peace. It is the the peace that Jesus left by giving his life on the cross and was through the reconciliation of us being able to be in relationship with God without any division, by right standing, without any sin. Everything has been covered through the sacrifice of Jesus. But to me... Jesus is saying that he's leaving me peace, and that's the root to it, but it's also spoken about as being um, you know, a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and, and fruit grows. So it starts out in seed form. So I also have to look at peace in, in my life as not just something that I, I have immediately, my reconciliation with God is the root of that, but there is something that should be growing in my life. So I need to look at how it is that this grows in my life. Um, so I wanna talk about ways that you can trigger peace. And this is not like, to me, this is a very big subject because I'm not somebody just coming in here talking about, well, I'm just going to give you all the biblical stuff about peace. I have just lived in so much torment and so much anxiety. Do you know how many times I had to visit the ER with panic attacks? And where I would like start seeing, have you ever had such, if anybody has had anxiety and panic attacks and you hallucinate in them, where you start to see stuff, you can't breathe. That is literally the way I lived my life, especially after my sister died. And all I could do is sit there and pop Valium, Xanax, anything to take that away. All I know is all of that was triggered from a mindset that I had of God and a complete fear of things in my life that everything, like, I had an expectation of bad stuff happening. And because my expectation was that, I lived out of anxiety, turmoil, pain. And everything that I heard at nighttime was things tormenting me, beating me up, keeping me awake. I wasn't able to sleep. My mind just went, rain, 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 like that, for years. I never had a break from it. Um, so this is a big subject to me. This is something that I know God gives us. The world offers peace in different ways. And that's why we have to really understand what the difference is between God's peace, which transcends understanding, and then the world's peace, which is something that is offered through, whether it's something that you need in your life and you get fulfilled through a relationship in that moment and you have peace. And then all of a sudden when that goes wrong and you're like this, yeah, that's not the peace of God. That is a worldly peace of our expectations and things that we want. And then you have it described as, you look at um, Philippians 4, 6, and 8. I want to read this real quick. Don't worry about anything instead. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we understand. It's also talked about in um, Ephesians that the love of God and experiencing it exceeds what we can understand. So it's kind of gets you a little twisted up because if it exceeds what I can understand but he is saying that I will experience something that my mind cannot understand. So you have to experience something because your mind can't understand that. It can't, physically you can't tell yourself and read just scripture and tell yourself, well, this is what peace is. No, peace has to be a supernatural experience just like the love of God. has to be a supernatural experience. And that transcends all your understanding. It is something you will never have felt before. If any of you have literally experienced a supernatural sense of peace where the Holy Spirit comes in and what that actually feels like, I strongly believe that drugs were made by the devil to counterfeit the true stuff that God has. Because what God has is way better. His drug is way better and is a lot more powerful. And the devil has taken things in order to trip us up, to make us think that that is something that can give us um, a sense of feeling, a sense of relief. When the actual real peace of God is so far and above anything we can imagine, and it is for us. It's for us. But clearly there are things that we need to do in our life because it's talked about as fruit, which means fruit grows. Um, So go on with this, okay, which exceeds anything that we can understand. So This is something you cannot comprehend. So if you think you understand the peace of God, you don't understand it. You can only experience it to have that supernatural revelation. So it comes from revelation. His peace will guard your heart. So what is our expectation of peace? It's a guard around us. So when we experience the peace of God, we are guarded in every area of our life and our minds. So the thoughts, the turmoil, the things in our head, the peace of God will cover our minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So, as I live in Christ Jesus, as I live in Christ Jesus, there is power in that statement. Um, If you look at the, the, um, the eye of a hurricane, not the eye of the tornado, the eye of the hurricane is actually very still. There is no rain. There is nothing. And so as I was praying about this, like what's an illustration, God, of being in you? Well, all I know is that I can see a lot of stuff in my life that gives me full, complete anxiety. And there's been many times that I have lived in a full, complete storm. But guess where I lived? I lived in this part of the storm. I didn't live in the center where there was nothing. And to me, the center of it would have been living in Christ, living in him. So we have the ability through him to live in the center of a storm where you don't feel it. You don't have rain. You don't have anything happen to you. There is a peace completely. And you're actually guarded buy it and everything around you is a storm and you can see it but you're not moving and that to me is what it is to live in christ so you know i talked about last week about living in christ and he being the vine and we are the branches and this kind of ties on to that because what comes off of the branches fruit what is one of the fruit it's peace Um, so let's go on to, and now dear brothers and sister, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable and right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So here's what I'm, I want to talk about in all of these. So I'm talking about triggering peace. So what is it to trigger peace? Well, what I can pull out of this scripture is prayer. Prayer. He's telling us to come with him with prayer and thanksgiving and you guys know in, in living in freedom I do a whole week on praise and I harp on this scripture because it doesn't just say we don't be anxious and we pray It says we pray and we praise and we live in thanksgiving and expectations of what God has for us <clears throat> So um. Fix your thoughts. The other thing I want to pull out of that. So it says we are coming in prayer. We are coming in thanksgiving. And it talks about your thought life. So I can pull just from this scripture three things that is a way to trigger the peace of God that transcends all understanding. And it's talking about the way I'm thinking. What are you thinking on? Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. What does that mean? I make and I purpose the way that I fix my thoughts. (coughs) I purpose the way that I think. I purpose in what I'm doing. So we have to understand, so many times we look at scripture, we look at the things of God, and we just think, well, it says that I'm supposed to have it, and I don't have it. That means God treats me differently from everybody else. How many times have we done that? I know that happens to me all the time. But what I found in scripture is he gives us lots of application of things that we can do in our own life. And this to me is an application of living something out and i know that when you live in so much anxiety and you are tormented by anxiety or you are you are somebody that maybe has to take medication for it then that's something that takes time to get out of right that's something we have to go out at like after do you know i lived on sleeping pills for i don't know what 16 years or something like that. I can't remember the exact amount of years because even though I was having revelation, even though I was set free from drug addiction, even though I was set free from depression, even though I was set free from all of this stuff, it took time to fully remove all the stuff out of me, to fully live in a place where I can go to sleep at night and I don't have to take anything. Do you know how many years I was on medications? I've been, I was on medications for, you know, 18 years or something like that. I was medicated at 14 years old. So it took time, But you know. I went after it I went after the tools that were given to me I didn't just do one time I said this is something even though if I don't feel like thinking on these thoughts even if I don't feel like worshiping God because the stuff in my life is horrible I'm gonna choose to worship God sometimes we have to choose to purpose and do things in our life in order to live in the things that God has promised us and live in his promises so I want to look at pursue peace so Psalms 34 14 this is what it says another thing about peace Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So this is another way that I'm looking at peace. So I'm looking at what are things that I can purpose in my life that I can trigger, what God has promised me. And then I wanna look at what it is to pursue. So this is actually saying to search for peace and chase it, to fight for peace. So, and this can be very applicable to our day-to-day life, because how many of us are in relationships have a family lifestyle, have people around us, have toxic environments, have things going on that is the opposite of peace. And God is saying that we are to pursue peace, so we have to fight for peace. So sometimes that's going to be making a decision in the midst of your stuff that is going to be the opposite of what you're used to. And I wanted to talk about a toxic lifestyle. And the why, why I wanted to talk about this, and this is like a harsh word, but because I lived in toxicity, for so many years of my life and I was attracted to toxic things and people who were toxic were attracted to me. So when I say toxic, what I'm talking about is things on the inside of you that can, um, how can I say it, can cor- be a corruption of character or part of you that you don't even realize is operating out of certain emotions that are toxic so things that we do in our life that is actually toxic behavior and if you don't really know or somebody hasn't called you out and said that is actually very toxic that relationship is toxic you don't understand it because you're used to it now that can happen from passed down if you had a mom you had a dad you had brothers you had sisters, you had people around you you're an abusive relationship you're in something that created toxicity that can ignite something on the inside of you and you actually operated out out of it as a comfortable place. You don't realize that the peace on the other side of that is the comfortable place that God wants you, but we get comfortable in t- toxicity. I remember <coughs> seeing a psychiatrist, and this was a, during the time that they were diagnosing me bipolar and all that stuff, and I remember her saying, you know, to get away from your ex and all, all this stuff that's going on with him, you need to get bored and be bored and be okay with it. And I realized even though this man brought so much hurt, turmoil, and stuff in my life, the moment it wasn't going on, something made me want it. Something made me need to go have interaction because it was this place that I was uncomfortable in because I didn't know the real peace of God. And when I was in that place, I had to think about myself. And I had to see all this stuff going on around me and the stuff inside of me that was pretty disgusting. And so I needed to go create something. I needed to go get something that was dramatic and obsessive or a drug, something that got me not thinking about myself. And I remember her saying that to me, and I walked out of there, like and I still remember those words. And I was like, I'm going to try to be bored. I'm going to try to not do that and I always was drawn back. I had to crucify myself in that area. And that came from having to disappear and leave the state but it even would happen from out of state. There was still part of me that was drawn to this. And i met women where I say, you got one foot in heaven and one foot in hell. You got one foot wanting God, going after God, but you have this other side that is drawn to the toxicity that the devil loves to create. And we don't realize it's a comfortable place that we get in because of things in our life, people in our life, and it took me years to get free of it and not going back there. There was also a sense of value that I felt in, to- in, in those areas. And looking at what toxic was to me. It was a toxic environment. What I said, um, addicted to drama. It was everything the opposite of peace, but it was my comfortable place. Just like depression was comfortable to me. So the first time I started not having depression and I started experiencing hope and joy and it would literally just be for a couple hours or day that I would come out of it and then I'd go right back down. I got very uncomfortable and very unsteady because the moment that I felt joy or peace or something that was not what I was used to made me very uncomfortable because my expectation was a rug to be pulled out from under me. So if I had joy or peace, then I was living in a place where the rug could be pulled out from under me. But if I lived in depression and I lived in a state of kind of hopelessness or the way that I thought, nobody could pull the rug out from me because I already lived in that expectation and that was comfortable to me. Nobody could hurt me. Nobody could get at me because of how I lived. So when I started feeling that, I remember that created anxiety and I would start creating things in my life to pull that back in and it would just happen. And as I started experiencing more and more peace and more and more things of God, that insecurity started to leave, but it took years. Years of me having to now, if I was to feel depression, that would be uncomfortable to me. And back then, it was the absolute, complete opposite because I had never fully lived in the experience of the things of God that he had promised us because what was comfortable to me. So that's why, to me, like a toxic environment, understanding what parts of ourselves can be toxic um, is a big thing with understanding what true peace is. So... Uh, Well, I'm going to give a couple examples of of toxic because the word may kind of sound weird. Mayhem, confusion, abuse, jealousy, dysfunction, control, obsession. Just think on those words. Those type of things, the way that our mind goes to, are things that are going to create a toxic environment, a toxic thing inside of you. Not even realizing maybe where an obsession comes from, something that we get obsessed with and how that can actually create total toxicity in our personalities and the things around us. And the crazy thing is, isn't it, isn't it funny how you attract those people? So if you got that issue on the inside of you, guess what who you're dating next week? You're dating a guy who is attracted to that issue on you. And all of a sudden he's triggering the stuff on you and he's pulling it out and you guys are right there. And all of a sudden we become codependent and we get the, the person who has the addiction that we can help and we think that's gonna make us, like it's just how it works, I, you know? And I'm not like, it's just what happens. It's like a natural thing as women and tendencies that we can go to. And I bet all of you guys have experienced one relationship like that in your life. At some point of you going to that behavior because that's a comfortable place for you. What is really huge with that stuff is understanding why that's comfortable. Getting to the root of why that area of you Pulls you in and why somebody is attracted to that and you pull that out of somebody like who who do you end up with who are your friends who are you dating you know like being able to like identify that is going to be a big a big thing so number three I want to talk about being led by peace so this was another way that I looked at peace so I can experience peace I can trigger it I can chase after it I can experience it as a gift to supernaturally from God but I can also experience it by a leading of the Holy Spirit so um let's look at first corinthians 14 for god is not a god of confusion but of peace very simple statement what areas in your life are you suffering from confusion all that i know is that god is not the author of confusion he is the author of peace that's the biggest and quickest way to identify when you can be led by the holy spirit if you are being led in a situation with peace go forward in that i mean you don't got to sit here and say you're going to hear a big audible voice all the time and god's going to shake up and move you just follow peace in a situation and if you've ever experienced having peace on the inside even when it's messy on the outside i have where I can feel like there's a peace in my spirit, but there may be my flesh has an anxiety. So let's talk about what um, Paul says about this in Galatians 5:17. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two functions are constantly fighting against each other, and you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So what does it mean to be fighting against each other? Have you ever felt turmoil in yourself fighting against something that you know is probably good and something that is you and maybe something that is uncomfortable? So I know that I can separate at times. I can sense that I have a peace. I have a boldness. I know God is telling me to do something, but me, Sarah, the broken Sarah, is fighting it. That side of me is my flesh, and so I'm able to identify that they are in war with each other. But if your war has been so prominent that it has completely taken over any type of your spirit's leading, then you will not fully identify it until you operate more out of that that place of peace. And that's where you're gonna to have to go into how do I trigger it how do I let this area grow in my life in order to tell the difference but the Holy Spirit he speaks and he operates through peace that is a way to be led by him and identifying yourself and who you are is always gonna war with it the unrenewed side of you will always war with it and so understanding why it's so big of having a renewed mind why is that What are your thoughts? That they're lovely, that they're perfect, that they're admirable. The things that you're thinking on is a way to renew that side of your mind that is the corrupt, the broken you that wants to war against the bold and peaceful spirit on the inside of you, leading you and prompting you. And so there may be areas in your life where you're struggling and there's a side of you that wants to make the decision out of your own insecurities, your own self, and there's another side of you pushing you in a different way, pushing you to do something with more boldness, pushing you to do something that's very uncomfortable. And that I, all I can say is once you make that step, you are then going to trigger that piece that's on inside of you is gonna push past that side of us, the broken flesh that fights against it. Um, and understanding also just like fear. You know, identifying that God does not give us fear. And sometimes we think that fear is God's leading and that he's operating and speaking to us through a place of fear. So how are we able to identify the difference between fear and a check in your spirit and God saying, don't do that. Um, God does not lead by fear. That's all I say. God leads by boldness. He leads by peace. He leads by joy. That's how he's pushing us forward into things and knowing that that's him on the inside of us speaking I, um, I think I'm just going to close with this scripture. And I chose this scripture because the first time that, well, the first time I started going to scripture about this topic, knowing that I lived with complete anxiety every day, I lived with like this major tormenting spirit of worry. Like I, it didn't matter what could happen. I would wake up worried in the middle of the night about absolutely nothing. Nothing could have triggered it. Worry would torment me all night long. And this was a scripture that I started to go to in the very beginning stages of me ever going to God, ever going to scripture over things. And this was the one I went to. This is Matthew 6, 25 through 34. That is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies in the field and how they grow. They don't work They don't or make clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. As if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So this to me, I would read it over and over and over again. And even though if I felt that he would leave me and he wouldn't do something for me because of the stuff that I had been through in my life and because of the expectations that I had, I know that I had a promise right here. And I know that Jesus was saying something that the birds don't even need to worry. Why on earth would I be worried that my Heavenly Father would pull the rug up from under me? Why on earth would I think that way? It goes back to the corrupt mindset that I lived out of and having to fight against it and having to push through it. Um, and so this is what I wanted to bring up was tools um, for this topic on peace today, and uh, where I want to close. And then we're going to ha- um, have some her time with with Marcy. I'll give you guys a, a minute. <clears throat>